Hi there, this is Connor Gilbertson, Public Relations Coordinator with the Region 5 Prevention Resource Center and Alcohol and Drug Abuse Council of DP's Texas. I wanted to let you know, before we get started, that this is a podcast about substance use. Sometimes we are going to talk about stories or details that may be tough and uncomfortable to hear. Our overall goal is to help people be healthier and happier. With that being said, do what you need to take care of yourself. Feel free to pause and step away if you need to. This episode will be right here when you get back. The most important thing is that you take care of yourself. Thanks. Now let's grow. Today we are here with Cindy Vargas, the program manager for the NatCan Coalition and the Polk Community in Action Coalition. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. So just kind of dive into things. The word coalition, a lot of people may not understand fully what a coalition is. So just kind of tell us what is a coalition and what is the purpose of creating one? So the coalition pretty much is it's a group of people or agency that come together um, to create change, you know, the way uh, we see and deal with the substance use in our community. And since you're program manager, what is what does that contain within the coalitions that ADAC has? Well, pretty much I oversee like both counties of Polk and Nacogdoches. And really it is I still do the same thing as a community liaison coalition coordinator would. It's just pretty much meeting with the community members trying to get their buy-in into the community and help us to be able to support the community as a whole and how we see and view substance use, especially in the schools and in the community where the bigger population is. And talking about the community, I've, I've heard before you guys mentioned that there's like four corners or four different sectors that you guys try to hit for these uh, coalitions to try to pull in different community members, whether it be schools, churches, or things along those lines. But what are the exact sectors that you guys aim for? So our grant requires that we have 12 sectors, and that pretty much is uh, community members within the education, law enforcement, media, community members and parents. It's just collectively getting all the different type of agencies that are out there, and not necessarily just the agencies and groups, um, individuals that have a say or a buy-in in the community. And so what is the the overall goal of a coalition? It really is to create and promote awareness. We focus mainly on the four prevention priorities, which is underage drinking, marijuana, tobacco, and prescription drug abuse. And with that, you guys, I know at the end of each, what is it, fiscal year? Is it just in any grant year that you guys have to have an environmental change within each coalition? And, you know, what, what exactly is an environmental change and why is it so important for a coalition to have? So our current requires that we do have an environmental change. And pretty much what that is, it is um, being able to change social norms, behaviors um, on how we view substance use. And that could be on a physical aspect, whether it's like, for example, tobacco receptacles. That would be a physical environmental change because we are actually creating change and trying to encourage community members to be able to not just throw their uh, cigarette butts in the park, but also to put them in a place where other maybe children wouldn't be able to touch them. So it's just really about changing the way we see things and um, our behaviors towards substance use. With with these environmental changes, you've got kind of a physical presence in the communities that we serve, or it could be something beyond just a physical, like how you're saying about the receptacles. It could be yeah. something beyond that, whether it's just messaging, like, you know, across a extended period of time, like a billboard even? It could be a billboard. It could be a national campaign, for example, like Red Ribbon Week or Recovery Month. Those would be environmental changes because we are creating awareness and promoting awareness throughout the community. You know, again, changing behaviors on how we view and see what substance use is. And those those are decided upon how? 
from coalition members, the group as a whole? So what we do, our requirement is to be able to do a needs assessments. We do, uh, we look at the community and the disparities there. And what is it that, what kind of substance use are actually in those targeted areas? So for example, we know we, there's an increase in vaping and smoking among youth. To the best interest, you know, even if you don't quit, if the smoker does chooses not to quit, but goes into a public space, they can at least be able to drop off their cigarette butts and not just discard them in the playground where there's other children. It's kind of like a trickle down effect as right. far as it'll impact the person who is immediately involved with said substance, whether it's nicotine, tobacco, whatever. But then it'll also, like you said, environmental change. It's there to infect the whole environment. So it'll have that trickle down effect to where it's not just affecting one person, it'll actually positively benefit the whole community that exactly. it serves. Exactly. That. You know, again, with also like underage drinking or alcohol in general, you know, one of the other environmental changes would maybe, as, you know, happy hour, you know, what times and what days, you know, um, would we have this happy hour? So it would, the restaurants would be responsible as to how many drinks they actually serve the individual, but also serves the community because we don't want under, you know, a substance use or any type of a alcohol, you know, getting behind the wheel and then driving it and affecting the community. You know, it becomes a public health concern. Definitely. And I've heard, I've heard of things along those lines where it's either coalitions have passed legislation uh, within their, you know, communities that they serve, whether it's been, the one out in San Antonio where homeowners were liable for anything that happened if they were serving alcohol to minors uh, or anything along those lines, just to show that coalitions can make a change on a small and really big level, because as it can trickle down and just an environmental change, it can also build up to legislation that gets passed to where a city such as San Antonio is running the message and the goal and the mission of what that particular coalition set out to do. Right. Uh, so that's that's kind of crazy to think about is that it can be something as simple as a billboard, like you were saying, or it can go all the way up to written law. But just like you were saying, just to have that, you know, impact with the community and showing that the particular goal that they have set for that particular year or whatever, there might be a big issue going on, whether it be alcohol or, you know, some sort of other drug like nicotine, uh, tobacco. but. It's just really crazy to think about the fact that it can be sometimes overlooked. You look at alcohol, perfect example. You know, a lot of people aren't ready for that change yet. Right. This particular piece of legislation got pushed because it was worked on for years. And sometimes it can take a year to get some of the stuff done. Sometimes it takes multiple. But it's the fact that sometimes people just aren't open to the idea until the community members that are stakeholders really bring it to their attention. That's absolutely correct. Now, with San Antonio, when we're looking at it, I believe you're talking about the social hosting that, you know, when it, whether it started in the small community and went up to the legislation, there may have been an increase in underage drinking or just alcohol in general, where there was just an increase. Um, when that legislation passed, it doesn't only hold the individual accountable, but it also holds adults and parents accountable, you know, for uh, providing that alcohol to them. So that is great um, to be able to see that because, again, it, it could cause or pose as a public health concern. So it, it is a wonderful, you know, when it when you start off small, but it gets to the legislature and make it a bill. Uh, I know that you guys are currently in the works on this year's environmental changes. Uh, what are those and where exactly are we planning on implementing these changes? OK, so for Polk County, we are really concentrating right now. We're still at the initial stages of providing or purchasing of 
permanent drop box for prescription drugs at the sheriff's department or some form of local law enforcement. So that would be able to encourage um, community members to go ahead and get rid of their expired medications or unused medications and drop them off safely uh, in a receptacle instead of just tossing them down the trash or uh, flushing them down the toilet. Now for Nacogdoches, right now we're at also at the initial stages. Um, only because we're meeting with sectors and until we meet collectively as a whole, uh, we are looking also tackling on alcohol, going to all the different um, convenience stores and having them uh, put some type of a sticker or some type of awareness so that when the someone does purchase it, they can, you know, we are actually looking at hopefully promoting, you know, when to buy, how to buy and, you know, what you're looking at. Absolutely. And with that drug take back box, I feel like a, a big thing to hit on there is that you know, there's what, one or two drug take back days a year? Yes, they are uh, twice a year, one in the spring. I mean, one in the fall and one in the spring. And usually for the spring, it falls in April and the one for the fall, it falls in October. And it's a one day event where the community members are encouraged to, you know, just to get rid of their expired or unused medications and to avoid, you know, either theft by someone else who's trying to use or, you know, accidental overdose. It's a very great way to be able to get rid of your medications. So with with those days, you know, those are great. And a, and a lot happens in those two days. But I feel like with this change, we're able to mend a gap because I feel like a lot of people that already have that preventative mindset of wanting to get rid of any unused prescriptions, but they feel like they might be holding on to them for so long before one of those drug take back days. So being able to implement a box would be a quicker means of getting rid of it. So that way it's not just sitting around and being of potential use. Right, exactly. Now, once it gets installed in the law enforcement, say, for example, we have one in Nacogdoches. It's open 24-7, uh, 365 days of the week. No questions asked. You just drop it off. Uh, the only thing they do require is no um, any type of syringes for obvious use. I mean, for obvious reasons. Um, but the same thing applies to the Polk County. They can go in 24-7. They don't have to wait to these uh, semi-annual uh, events to do so. Now, we also encourage uh, community members to use the doTERRA bags. That's a great way to be able to dispose of any unwanted medication in your home without having to travel if you, know, if you don't need to. And what exactly does a doTERRA bag do? Now, the doTERRA bag, their pouches that come in different sizes. Uh, basically what it does, it has pretty much coal and it disintegrates or it reverses the reactions of the substance. It's pretty much like the way you would if someone has an overdose and you go to the hospital, emergency mm -hmm. room, they go ahead and provide, you know, coal to you to go ahead and reverse those reactions. So again, all you do is just put in the medication, put a little bit of warm water, zip it up, shaking, you can toss it, it starts to sink green, you know, automatically. Wow. That's pretty cool. And it the is. fact that those are pretty pretty available from it what is. I know. It is. There are available. There are free for us. Um, we, you know, if you are needing any of those deterra pouches, you're more than welcome to come to the ADAC office and uh, we will provide you. So and many. I know that that's a pretty good option and readily available because, you know, as we look at some of these things, we're currently dealing with an opioid epidemic where the biggest one is fentanyl. And with that end of things, you're looking at Narcan being the sole helpful unit on trying to prevent an overdose. And that can either be easy and or really hard to find. So it's it's nice to be able to see that some some of these other preventative measures like the doTERRA bags do exist. So that way it's kind of the step before on the preventative end to be able to just, hey, look, you've got these. You can put these in here and they deactivate and are just null and void at that point. And then it's one way to get rid of 
any unused prescriptions that you may have. But with this box, that would be perfect because Lord only knows how many pounds of prescriptions that that box should get in a day, week. And hitting on that, when would that box get taken out? Whenever, like end of each month or? Yeah, so at the end of the month, like for example, in Nacogdoches, we do have um, the incinerator. So once a month, we have a community liaison or a liaison that comes um, from the state and collects all the medications that has been collected and puts them in an incinerator. That's once a month. So on an average month, we're looking at about 23 to 37 uh, pounds that have been collected on Nacogdoches. And I'm hoping that the same will you know, be at the Polk County. That's crazy to think about number wise, because you're talking pounds, not just, you know, grams, ounces, anything along those lines, smaller units of measurement. You're talking pounds for pills. And yes. that's that's crazy that the amount of weight that comes with all of these prescriptions that people are trying to get rid of. Right. You know, the good thing is that the, our community is so proactive. You know, they understand that there is an increase of uh, substance use. So in order to be uh you know, proactive is just being able to clean out your medicine, you know, medicine, because it could happen to you, it could happen to anybody, you know, not necessarily having a substance use disorder, but, you know, with so many medications that almost look the same, mm -hmm. it is very easy to mistake one for the other. So the best way to, is just to get rid of them. I know that, you know, a lot of people hoard them um, because they're very expensive and I can understand that. But at the same token, you know, you, you are playing Russian roulette. True, because those those prescriptions can have expiration dates. Or other things along those lines that may not react with the body well after it's meant to be taken. Right. You know, the, the community is environmental change because you're getting a large increment of, you know, return pres prescriptions that honestly, I don't I don't even think people would really understand how much they really had weight wise until they did return it. And it was like, oh, hey, if like almost like a, an eye opener would be if every time they went to go turn it in, if it just had a little screen you turned in. X amount of pounds, not right. not X amount of bottles or whatever. Like, oh, wow, that's eye opening for sure. But just in general, the fact of the total number coming out of those boxes, showing the community clearly this isn't just a, a singular person issue. This is everyone's got excess prescriptions that can be disposed of properly and really make a difference by doing so. So that way they're not in any term of potential use later on down the road. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Going back on the Narcan, I wanted to get your opinion on there is a group out of Austin called I want to say it's the Nice Project. They they came up with one of probably the most useful environmental changes for right now within the opioid epidemic sphere. They've got a Narcan vending machine. Really? And I just wanted to get your opinion on what you thought of something along those lines and how applicable one of those might be. Well, with well, the Narcan, again, it's a wonderful um, item to be able to have in case, you know, you're overdosing. But by any means, if this is not to uh, promote, you know, substance use. You know, we condone that. But if, in fact, there is someone who is misusing, we can actually save a life with the Narcan. As far as the vending machine, I think it's, you know, I think it's a great idea to be able to have it, it at easily access. A lot of people, individuals who either have substance use or a family member, Sometimes they may feel discouraged because they may be judged or questioned. So to be able to have it a public use, just like any other um, item that can be as easily available to them, I think it's a great thing. It's an overall win-win situation. That was that was probably one of the one things that I saw about it. It was that, you know, just like the take back box, it's still monitored. It's right outside of a health center, but it, it allows people, whether it's parents, people who may or may not be using 
just things along those lines that no matter what means you need to get it, it's there. Right. Uh, whether it's for you, for someone else, but that way you're prepared in case of an emergency of an overdose. Right. But yeah, that was one of the more recent things that I had seen as far as big in terms of environmental change. And that's within Austin. Uh, so big metropolitan area like that, that would definitely be useful, especially with looking at some of the bigger cities like that and homeless populations, uh, being able to just have them walk up and it's free. So it's not like you have to worry about signing, filling out paperwork or anything like that. It's just an easy means of access. So that way, if you need it, it's there next, you know, also getting your opinion. What is the most important part of what coalitions do in the community and how exactly do you get the community involved? I think it's embracing and meeting the community where they're at, uh, creating awareness that substance use is here. We can't close a blind eye, but it's just spreading the word, you know, that we have the resources available, that uh, it's not just a coalition, but it's in the ADEC as a whole, but they have different programs. It's not just a coalition work or it's not just a school curriculum we have for treatment. So um, we want to be able to break that stigma. You know, we want them to be open-minded and we want them to be able to say, you know, encourage them, you know, to be a little bit more proactive in their, in their, in their community um, to be able to just to, um, I don't think that we can stop substance use altogether, but if we can save lives by providing them the tools I think that's a step forward, you know, because prevention is key. Definitely. And that's that's probably one of the main things about the coalitions that make them so great is that they're a very active part of the communities. ADAC, perfect example, where 15 counties, you know, whether it's between the PRC or our prevention specialists or clinical, but the hands-on work that coalitions can provide solely to particular regions that have particular needs is honestly really great to be able to see that a, a quick change can be made by bringing stakeholders and community members together and really sitting down and finding the true issues uh, of what that community is facing. And then also being able to pull, pull minds together and discuss a great way to combat those needs. Right. You know, coming from a rural county, it is um, there's a lot of resources that are available, but a lot of people, um, individuals, community members, they may not know what those resources are. So, you know, being able to meet them where they're at and providing the community outreach and providing them resources, it gets them to buy in, maybe not into coalition work, but at least for themselves to be able to be a little bit more proactive in what they do in their homes and changing norms, you know, changing behaviors. You know, we do have some parents and family members that are somewhat uh, not as receptive as others. But again, if we can provide that in, you know, education, provide that those tools that are easily readily available, again, we can, it's about saving lives, doing no harm. And so with, with these coalitions, how, how long have we had them? The NACAN and the, uh, we are going about maybe eight years already. So it is, uh, Steadily uh, growing. Um, we are in our fifth uh, cycle, um, but I don't see us going away anytime soon. You know, I mean, there's a need in our community. You know, there's a lot of disparities in our community and uh, we want to stay visible with them. It seems it seems just about every every time another meeting comes around, which is typically once a month, the meeting room grows. We're growing out of venues that we've been in for a while and having to move up to bigger spaces because we're, we're getting that many more people involved in the coalitions. And that's, 
that's honestly really great to see. Is there any sort of effort or push that you guys have made on that end to really increase the membership in the past year? It's just about community outreach, you know, meeting them where they're at. Um, you'd be surprised there's a lot of proactive uh, communities and if they want to be part of that journey. They want to be able to say, hey, you know what, we, we recognize that there is substance use. What can we do and how can we go about it? And sometimes it takes the group to be able to, you know, change, uh, change norms. And I, I think, yeah, that's a, that's a good point you make as far as, you know, meeting them where they're at, because if they don't know, they won't show. Right. And so being able to come to them and providing them with the information of, Hey, we have a coalition that has community members and stakeholders from all across the County that come together to talk about issues that we face and find productive ways to combat those issues and really make a difference in the communities that they all collectively serve. Right. Because it can be people from agencies, churches, like you were saying with the sectors. So really being able to bring all of these different pieces together to provide a almost a a 360 approach Mm -hmm. uh, to make sure that no, no rock gets left unturned and that every possible facet of a voice gets heard. That's actually true. Yes. You guys have any big events coming up? We are having our spring fling coming up in April. We have um, our SFA uh, Safe Spring Break where we encourage college students to be aware. And, you know, you can have fun without alcohol consumption. We have quite a few coming up, you know, so it's uh, it's open to the public. So, um, you know, get with your local providers and find out what's going on, you know, visit them on Facebook. You know, we don't have an age, uh, you know, limit or anything like that. Everybody's welcome. You know, we see all all walks of life, all age groups and stuff. So other than that, I think we are good. Thank you for your time. Well, thank you for inviting me. Uh, And with that, be on the lookout for other great things that the coalitions are doing in Nacogdoches and Polk County. If you or someone you know needs help with a substance use issue or concern, or if you just want more information, you can call the Alcohol and Drug Abuse Council of Deep East Texas 24-7 at 1-800-445-8562. Give, Get, Grow is a production by the Alcohol and Drug Abuse Council of Deep East Texas and the Region 5 Prevention Resource Center. We serve Angelina, Hardin, Houston, Jasper, Jefferson, Nacogdoches, Newton, Orange, Polk, Sabine, San Augustine, San Jacinto, Shelby, Trinity, and Tyler Counties where we offer prevention, intervention, and treatment programs and services. The Prevention Resource Center has a ton of information about the region available for free as a part of its mission. For more information, visit adacdet.org slash PRC5. That's A-D-A-C-D-E-T dot O-R-G slash PRC5. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date with our latest episodes. Follow ADAC on Facebook at A-D-A-C-D-E-T and on Instagram at A-D-A-C underscore D-E-T. Thank you for joining us. Be safe and take care of yourself. We'll see you next time here on Give, Get, Grow.